As a park ranger, I have seen my fair share of forest fires, both natural and man-made. But the one I stumbled upon that fateful day was different. It was more intense, more intentional, and it had a message behind it. As I made my way through the smoldering woods, I couldn't shake the feeling that something wasn't right. That's when I saw them, a group of Native Americans standing amidst the flames, their faces painted with anger and sorrow. I approached them cautiously, my hand on my gun, ready for anything. But they didn't attack. Instead, their leader stepped forward, a tall man with piercing brown eyes. He spoke in a language I didn't understand, but I could sense the passion in his voice. He gestured towards the burning trees and the scorched earth, then back at me, as if blaming me for what had happened. I tried to explain that I was just a park ranger, that I had nothing to do with the destruction of their sacred land. But he didn't seem to believe me. He told me that they had been fighting against the development of this area for years, but no one listened. And now, they had taken matters into their own hands. I felt helpless, caught in the middle of a conflict that I had no control over. But I knew I had to do something. I contacted my superiors and told them about the situation, hoping they could negotiate a peace agreement. But they were more interested in arresting the Native Americans for arson than finding a solution. That's when I decided to take matters into my own hands. I asked the Native American leader to meet me in a neutral location, away from the burning woods. There, we had a long conversation, discussing our differences and trying to find common ground. It wasn't easy, but eventually, we came up with a compromise. The government would designate a portion of the land as a protected area, where the Native Americans could practice their traditions and rituals without interference. In exchange, they would help us with the reforestation efforts and keep the area safe from future fires. It wasn't a perfect solution, but it was a start. As I watched the firefighters put out the flames and the Native Americans perform their healing ceremonies, I knew that we had achieved something truly special. We had managed to bridge the gap between two cultures and find a way to coexist peacefully. As a park ranger, I had always seen my job as protecting the wilderness and its inhabitants. But that day, I realized that my role was much more than that. It was about bringing people together, no matter how different their beliefs and backgrounds might be. And that was something worth fighting for. My grandfather told me this story when I was a teenager. I'm 52 now. My granddad grew up in the woods of central New Brunswick, in a very remote area, where only survivalists go now. Their whole family lived out in the sticks. They lived by hunting, fishing, trapping, and some logging. Granddad said, when he was a teenager, he and his older brother, Duke, were up, in the early hours, checking trap lines, on an old motorbike. It was early fall. Frost was on the grass and early morning mists still hung around the forest edges. He was rolling cigarettes with his brother and they were out of matches, so they dipped a bit of cloth in the gas tank and ignited it off the coil wire, while Duke kicked the bike over. The sound of a bike being kicked over, without an ignition, is sort of like an animal call. That's how my granddad described it. 
Anyways, just as they started smoking their cigarettes, my grandfather noticed something bounding through the tree line toward them. Granddad said it ran in a way a bear did, but it stopped several yards away from them and stood up on its hind legs. It was still too far away to tell what it was, but they assumed it was a black bear because they are very common in New Brunswick. That's when it began walking upright toward them. As it got nearer, Granddad said it looked like a huge werewolf. His family origin was German, so this was not unknown. It got as close as 20 feet away from them and then began to eye them closely. It sniffed their smokes and then turned and hopped slash ran back to the trees. Granddad said they were not scared. He said they were only shocked that such a creature was living in the woods. Granddad said it was taller than any man, had a huge head, evil eyes, long, upright ears, hands with long claws, and had hair all over its body. I can't remember what color he said its fur was, but he said it had wolf-like legs. Last Saturday, the 17th of December at around midnight on Industrial Road. Near where I live in Moria, Pennsylvania. My sister and son were driving back from dinner and shopping. They both saw a jet black upright wolf-like creature the size of an outhouse, eight plus feet tall, run across the road in front of them. My son said the moon was bright and three inches of snow were on the ground. He said it looked human-like. He also states that it moved extremely fast as it ran across the road in front of them. This is a road located about one mile from Frackville, Pennsylvania, and nearly two miles from Moria, Pennsylvania. My son said that it howled. Thought you should know. First and foremost, I have zero idea what this could be. We have a playful humanoid hanging around our family and copying the appearance of my brother and I. I have never seen it myself, but my family has seen it in places they know I and my brother cannot be in, like in the basement when I was still sleeping upstairs. The one time I caught sight of it I saw its silhouette in the kitchen, standing in front of the stove and framed by the light the clock on the stove was giving off. It wasn't moving and I didn't acknowledge it when I noticed it. The strange detail was I could only see it in one of my eyes, the other one could see right through him. It moves things around and can even slam doors. I witnessed it flipping a hat off a rack in my room and slamming the pantry door in the kitchen late at night. To my knowledge it has never spoken so I think it cannot copy our voices or just doesn't have a tongue. But I have woken up in the middle of the night to hear pained crying. Had a dream of drowning and woke up unable to breathe for a few moments as I heard my phone making the sound of water when there wasn't any apps playing music. When I go for walks at night I can see it at the edges of my flashlight's range, always watching me. I'm pretty sure it's not a doppelganger or skinwalker but I don't know. Edit, this all took place at and around my parents' house in Florissant, Missouri. I was hiking in the woods with my boyfriend and we came to this really cool lake high up in the hills. I was gonna go for a swim after a scran and my boyfriend didn't fancy it so went to scout the next leg of the walk. 
When I go to the water's edge I see a dead sheep at the bottom and there is this horrible metallic smell like rust or blood coming from the bushes at the edge. It is so bad like the water's prob stagnant though it looked really clear and I get dressed again and set off to find my boyfriend. Even though I didn't get my feet or clothes wet the horrible smell is following me, like sometimes just a bit and sometimes really strong enough to make me feel like gagging, like thick in my throat. I climb up on the ridge to scout where my boyfriend is up to, see if I can catch up save him walking back. I can see some of the path back, but there is no one on an ATM. If we are separated you always stay still so I wait for him as planned, but the smell is so strong and I start to get really antsy and uncomfortable. After like 20 minutes I give up and walk down thinking he'll have to use that path to get back to me. I shouted for him every now and again like hello mostly but I deaf said a non-boyfriend were you, in a sing-songy voice and the other thing I remember saying was I didn't want to swim with a dead sheep I was just shouting to myself mostly. About 10 minutes down it comes back to thick woods and the path gets really thin and I swear I saw him just up ahead. I shouted again and walked a bit faster something made the hair on my neck start to go up and I wanted to make sure I caught up with him ASAP. This is the part that really freaked me out. I heard someone in the woods really far away shouting hello but in the exact tone as I did earlier. I think shit someone out there following me now. I'm only 120 pounds and really short so I'm really worrying who the F. I don't want to run because if you hurt your ankle out there there's not much chance so I just carefully walk as fast as possible down the track after about another 5 minutes I heard where you like all sing Sanji and drawn out exactly like I said on the high trail and this time it was one the wind, like quite far away. When I reached the bottom of the hills where the first trail splits off and I was feeling so worried that I hadn't caught up with my boyfriend but also really freaked and wanting to get back to the car. I thought I'd wait at the bench for about two minutes in case we missed each other somehow. I didn't want to shout and draw attention but I gave my boyfriend boyfriend one more chance I screamed his name and if not I'd just go and see if he was at the car and this is the part that's really bad. I heard something come like really fast running down the hill through the trees like almost rolling it was so fast, breaking loads of branches and suddenly my boyfriend comes out of the bushes panting. He was like WTF are you doing down here? Apparently he was hiking back up the trail when he heard me shouting from in the woods saying hello and where are you he walked away from the trail to find me and kept hearing snapping branches and thought he saw movement in the trees ahead. He said he started to get freaked when I was moving further away and taking him over the crest of the next hill along and said I kept saying the same things over and over again. He said he shouted something like come the F towards me and I replied with I didn't want to swim with a dead sheep and he knew there was something wrong cause it was nonsensical and in a weird voice like practicing and drawing out the wrong syllables. It was about then he heard me scream from bottom of the hill and he said in that moment he just knew something was messed and he ran down the hill. We both took the trail down as fast as possible and were back to the car by dark and drove home so fast. My boyfriend to this day won't talk about it but I think someone was trying to lure him into the woods. My best mate told me a story about Goatman and said I should ask on here but I'm in the UK and we've never even heard of them here what do you think? Went to Table Rock View, Appalachian Trail, Dauphin, Pennsylvania, yesterday with some friends. 
We wandered a bit off the trail to look at an interestingly shaped rock in me, and another friend heard what sounded like a fox, but the noises were more like how an owl who but a bit more high-pitched. So imagine if a fox screamed, but more relaxed like an owl who and it only happened three times then stopped. One of my other friends just randomly started talking about how people who hike around the Appalachian Trail report hearing noises like children crying or a woman screaming, but it's a skinwalker trying to lure you further off the trail. I said wait didn't you just hear that? Kind of sounded like a high-pitched fox noise. That was when my one friend say yeah he heard it too but my other friends didn't notice it. I was literally expecting to see someone, possibly younger kids walk up the trail but no one else ever came during that time. What do y'all think? As an ex-park ranger turned soldier, I've seen my fair share of strange and terrifying things. But nothing could have prepared me for what I encountered during my tour in Afghanistan in 2019. When we first arrived at base, it was unlike anything I had ever seen. There was nothing but a barren wasteland, and the only thing to eat was this strange, bland food that seemed to have no nutritional value. But we were soldiers, and we were used to roughing it so we didn't think much of it. One day, while on patrol through a local town, my squad and I were ordered to investigate a strange alley that had been reported by locals. As we made our way down the narrow passage, we heard a roar unlike anything I had ever heard before. My heart was pounding in my chest as we cautiously approached the end of the alley. And then we saw it. A creature that defied description. It was a massive, hulking thing covered in thick, matted fur. It had the body of an ape, but the face of something far more sinister. It let out a deafening roar and lunged at us, but we were quick to react. We unleashed a hail of bullets from our automatic rifles, and the creature fell to the ground, dead. As we approached the body to examine it, we were met with resistance from the locals. They were fiercely protective of the creature, and wouldn't allow us to get too close. We were puzzled by their behavior, but we didn't want to cause any more trouble, so we left the creature where it lay and continued our patrol. But the memory of that creature stayed with me, even after we returned to base. I couldn't shake the feeling that there was something off about it, something that didn't quite fit with what we knew about the world. I couldn't help but wonder what other strange and terrifying creatures might be lurking in the shadows of this mysterious country. I remember when I was 16, me and my friends were out. It was me, my friend Jay and Harley. We were in this decently large park or lake with massive grass hills surrounding it. After finishing school we decided to go to the park or lake and by this time it was dark. Since it being winter, we had walked up this hill with a forest line to our right and thick grass bushes behind us. Sitting down we could see our whole city lit up and we were just talking and I can't recall what about. Some point onwards. My friend Jay who was the loud type started whistling and shouting because of the echo you could hear. When from behind us we all heard at the same time a whistle back. The same tone and pitch almost the same. We all looked at each other with a confused look on our faces when my friend whistled back and after a couple seconds, 
Once again we heard the same whistle from the bushes. I know it couldn't have been the echo because by the time whatever had repeated the whistle the echo was gone. Now stupidly my friend decided to shout at it provoking it. Not knowing what it is and this made my heart drop to my feet. A somewhat rough try at what he said screamed back at us, faint but clear. At this point me and Harley were debating leaving but Jay said. Nah man come let's check it out don't be pusses, so we followed him. For context, in the next part. While walking to the bushes about 200 feet to the right was a passage of sorts that when you walked though after about a minute led to a main road. As Jay was walking closer to the bushes we were straying off a bit to the exit or passage and we were telling him common man let's just go. I know me and Harley were thinking the same thing, that we hadn't known him that long. And a lot of what he said sounded and probably was a load of BS but after this I trusted him with my life. Jay started to say he saw and was seeing something, so I said to him what do you see? And he said like eyes. At this point I thought he was lying but then between him, the bushes and the moon, lit sky I saw something dart out the bushes at him. I thought what the f, me and Harley looked at each other and ran though the passage. Jay started to scream, while running I was picturing it in my head. It must have been at least 6 feet tall and it was skinny with long limbs but a human size head. When we reached the road we looked back I could feel my heart in my chest and the adrenaline flowing. We shouted. Jay! And after about 5 minutes he fell to our feet out the dark. And we sat him up and asked what was that. He said confused and with a dull look in his eyes. I'm not sure. We walked as far away from there and after about an hour of walking we parted ways. Not talking about what just happened in disbelief. But the next day we met up and he was covered at black and yellow bruises. Now I still don't have any evidence except this story and sorry for the bad punctuation and spelling but I wane to share this story and see what you think. I live in suburban West Virginia, with a forest behind the line of houses on my side of the street. Yesterday I went to put clothes in my closet and I heard a very faint but clear pack of canine animals barking yelping and crying all at the same time, different sound from each canine. Could easily be coyotes looking for others but am also insanely paranoid, the fact my dog was barking more than usual throughout the late afternoon was also concerning. The sound slowly faded away however and just disappeared I asked my friend today in class who's in the same area if he heard the same pack of animals crying making those noises, he did and it reassured that I wasn't crazy. He's also 4 blocks away from me, around a 8 minute walk, which concerned me because I'm also not sure how far a normal animal cry travels. He seemed to be a little suspicious of it as well. If anyone knows anything please do let me know if I'm being stupid or not. In 2015 I took a trip through northern Arizona. I live in Phoenix, hiking, taking photos, and enjoying nature. At one location it was late so I decided to park for a few hours or spend the night in my truck. I had the truck turned off, with the window down. There was a huge full moon in the sky behind me, I was looking at it in my outside rearview mirror. Then this being walked from my left to my right, 
about four six feet behind the tail of my truck. It stopped and looked at me. It was about eight feet tall, very skinny, with long arms with the elbow lower than ours would be. The neck was about a foot long pointing forward a bit, oval head, and what looked like a four-foot tube extending from the jaw down forward, almost like a very long beard coming to a point. The moon was behind it so I saw it in silhouette. It walked very slowly like it was struggling to move. I tried to roll up my window but the truck was off. Slowly it slightly turned its shoulders towards me and that long freakish neck turned like an insect would. The face looking right at me. I thought that was it, I'm dead. It looked so skinny I figured it was hungry. I had my hand on the keys, if it came towards me I'd turn the truck on, roll up the window and take off. The head turned back forward and it walked on. I waited a minute then started the truck and took off. A few months later I decided to go back but in the daytime. I found the exact spot. There was nothing there but dirt and desert. No buildings for miles, all dirt roads. I traveled around the area since I was there, did a bit of hiking then came upon a place and parked. It looked like an old crash site, with a hole in the ground, big rocks all burned, and bushes growing in it. Whatever happened there happened a long time ago. Then I heard digging sounds, like heavy machinery, trucks backing up and making the beep beep sound, like a lot of them but there was nothing around me for miles, just desert. I drove around a bit to see where the sound was coming from but I was all alone out there. I went back to that spot and could clearly hear lots of trucks busy at work, like major digging construction machines. I then got on my knees and put my ear to the ground. The digging sound was coming from underground. I thought that was odd, nothing around that would identify that area for construction, out in the desert on a very simple road, saw no one pass by at all. Then I noticed out in the desert two big white shiny pickup trucks facing me, windows were black. They seemed to appear out of nowhere, then behind me were two more. It was just me, the four trucks, and a lot of people digging under me. I got concerned, got back in my truck, and left. After a bit, I slowed down. No one was following me so I drove until I got to the next road. There was an underpass to the road to go north. I take a right to go south, go under the underpass and take a left. At both exits were the same big white pickup trucks, the glass tinted black in waiting. Whichever way I turned one of them would be behind me. I headed south, and the truck behind me immediately took off after me. The other truck turned around and followed. The truck was right on my bumper. It was so large I couldn't see in its window but it was tinted so dark I'd not seen anyone driving anyway. I was going 90 miles an hour, and as it was right on my tail the other one tried to overtake me. I was weaving between two lanes to keep it from passing, as I'd gone into the left lane to block the second truck the one behind me tried to pass me on my right. This went on for miles until there was an exit with a few shops there. I took that exit, and both trucks slowed, did a U-turn, and retired back. I knew they had my license plate, so I figured I was screwed. I uncovered something they didn't want to be found. I went home and just waited for a knock on the door or to be shot or whatever. 
Nothing happened. I got no contact, no warning, nothing. I was afraid to tell my friends as they might be incriminated, too. Years passed and nothing happened. It's been seven years now, and I've never gone back to either location. By me seeing that thing walking and where I heard the digging underground and very earthly trucks trying to run me off the road, could there be a connection? I don't know. I stopped going out into the desert from then on. Do you have some ideas about the thing I saw? I'd love some answers. I guess we all would. I was at Mount Robson National Park, deep in the backcountry. We had set up our camp and we just relaxing around the fire. A girl, let's call her Sue, stumbled into camp, quite obviously distressed. Sue was sobbing and could barely speak. We went to her and tried to find out what had happened. Sue was in rough shape and was having difficulty communicating with us. We managed to get out of Sue that her friend was lost. We sent one person to run to the closest warden's cabin to get help, about five kilometers away. They responded, and within a few hours the RCMP, search and rescue and park staff were on site. A helicopter came in to drop off people and pick up Sue to take her to the hospital for treatment. So here is what happened. Sue and her friend were hiking what is called the North Boundary Trail. A very remote part of the park that has some tricky river crossings. Sue's friend slipped on one of these crossings and fell into the fast-moving current and was swept away. Sue searched for her downstream for a full day before deciding to hike out on her own. Sue hiked out another two full days and said she didn't sleep much, laid down once in a while but was too scared to sleep so just kept walking. We were the first people she saw three days after losing her friend. I never heard whether they recovered Sue's friend's body. I'm going to try and explain this as best I can remember. This happened when I was in high school, probably around 1617 and I am now 27. So please forgive me if I can't recall every detail. At the time, I had a girlfriend. There is a hip little neighborhood in our city, called Kensington that we would always meet up at to spend time together. She lived far north in the city, and I was pretty far south. Kensington was right around the middle and a nice place to hang out. We were walking away from the train platform, almost a full block away, when a man in a suit comes running at us with a panicked look on his face. Frantically he says, can you help me? My wife just went into labor and I was supposed to meet my sister at Starbucks in a couple minutes, but I need to run to the hospital. Can you please bring her this bag? And holds out a plastic shopping bag. I believe it was for the makeup store Zara. My girlfriend kinda nudges my arm, obviously thinking this is a little sketchy, but I say yeah for sure. He tells me her name, we will say Sarah, thanks me and runs straight for the train platform. Starbucks is a few blocks away, and as we walk my girlfriend is saying this is creepy, what if we are drug mules, etc. When I realize that the bag is strangely light, I tell her and she suggests we look inside. I am conflicted by this, but concede that it's reasonable seeing how odd this whole situation was. When we look in the bag, 
All that is there is a couple of crumpled up receipts and another crumpled up bag. We open the second bag and there is nothing inside. We are freaked out, considering just turning around and not going into the Starbucks, but my curiosity has gotten the best of me at this point. We walk the remaining block or two and as I walk into Starbucks I call out Sarah. A woman stands up, Y-E-L-L-S very emphatically thank you so much. I have to go to the hospital now to be there for the birth, but I appreciate this so much. Blah blah she throws her arms around me in a huge hug, and then runs out the door. And, that's it. I looked up social experiments, TV shows, and every couple of years I remember and Google to see if anyone has experienced anything similar. But, nothing. Never have had a reasonable suggestion that makes sense to me. And it's just something that bothers me when I think about it. These weren't university-aged people. These were adults in their late 30s or 40s at least. So I don't think it was a school project or anything. Any idea what this could have been for? What the purpose of the whole interaction was? 